Our text for this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 3. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And these are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed in Christ, as we heard on Monday, we have begun a new season of the Christian church year this week, the season of Epiphany. It is a season in which the church meditates on the great revelations and manifestations of the Son of God who has come to be our Savior as true man, taking on our flesh and blood for us sinners. The wise men come from the East and give great gifts to a small child that they confess to be the newborn King of the Jews. A decade later, we find 12-year-old Jesus at the temple speaking with the theologians of the day, amazing them with his questions. Later, we learn of Jesus' first miracle, one that seems inauspicious, attending a wedding, but changing water into the best of wine. And this then is followed by two episodes recorded by St. Matthew in his 13th chapter. And both of them focus on the power of Jesus. He is the very word of God by which the heavens and earth were made. A centurion's servant is healed without Jesus even needing to see the man. A storm is calmed simply because Jesus rebukes the wind and the seas. These are all epiphanies of Jesus, showing us the power and mercy that he has because he is God incarnate, true God begotten of the Father from all eternity, true man born of the Virgin Mary. Now I summarize these epiphany events because they are all wrapped up in the words that we have here from Paul in Romans. Jesus Christ is the one sent by God to be our Redeemer. He is the one who is the atoning, the propitiating sacrifice, who shed his blood so that the world would be justified freely and that by faith we would receive that very righteousness of God for ourselves personally. Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Rome around 25 years after Jesus had ascended into heaven after his crucifixion and resurrection. Paul is writing about the consequences of that life and death and resurrection, the ministry of Jesus. He's answering the question in those 16 chapters of Romans, you know, what does that mean? He's explaining to us, teaching us what Jesus had come to do and what that means for the people there in Rome and what that means for you and me. 
The first part of Romans is where Paul details through a masterful use of the Old Testament, through a whole list of quotations, just why the coming of Jesus, the Son of God and fleshed, was needed for this world of sinners. Paul had shown what the great prophets of old taught about our human condition. Moses, in his fifth book, Deuteronomy, David in many psalms, Solomon in his Proverbs, as well as Isaiah and other prophets. And the conclusion after Paul goes through that Old Testament list is, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's an epiphany for us that we need to hear. It shows us where we are apart from God. The Holy Spirit's inspired word from Genesis all the way through here to Paul's words in Romans and to Revelation. That Spirit-inspired word is unambiguous about where we are in our relationship to God and what we can do about it. We sin and we cannot achieve the glory of God. There is no one who does good, not one. We have inherited sin and each human generation passes it on to the next. We needed someone to break through that generational inheritance. And that one is Jesus. Paul must and does show our sin. He's not shy about proclaiming that condemning law, and neither must the church in our day. You and I are part of that short sentence, all have sinned. All doesn't mean some, All doesn't mean only others. All means all, everyone here, not just collectively, but individually. Paul forces us to own our sin, to admit, to confess. Now, why is that necessary? Well, so that you can begin to understand the mercy of God, the grace of God for sinners, and know that just as you are included in that phrase, all have sinned, so you, you are included in this, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And just as the Old Testament shows our sinful condition, It also, as Paul states, does show what God would do about that sin. Just a few verses before uh, this part of Romans 3, Paul wrote, The righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Moses, David, Isaiah, and the rest point to Jesus. They provide the foundation for the great epiphanies of the New Testament. Jesus did not just spring up out of nothing to say, here I am, there in Luke 2. No, he'd been foretold for century after century, going all the way back to Genesis 3. And now Paul writes, here he is, the one who bought you from the slavery of sin and your deserved death. Here he is, the one who shed his own blood for you and me. We confess this great truth in that brilliant summary of the work of Jesus for you and me that Martin Luther included when he explained the second article about Jesus from the Creed. He said that Jesus has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sin, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, that I might 
be his own. Throughout Epiphany, we hear about people like you and me being amazed when they saw and heard, when they witnessed the saving power driven by divine compassion and love of Jesus. They believed he came for them. Faith is central to this message of Paul. We are justified by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. God has revealed to the world the one by whom this world is taken back from sin. This one is the Son of God, truly God, truly man born into this world of sin to be your Savior. Jesus wants you to know and to be sure that his grace and mercy and righteousness are free and that they are for you. Believe him. Amen. And glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may rise. <clears throat> and we pray. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, by the blessed light of your divine word, you have led us to the knowledge of your Son, we most heartily beseech you so to replenish us with the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may ever walk in the light of your truth and rejoicing with sure confidence in Christ, our Savior may in the end be brought into everlasting salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.